episode of the remnant call glad to have you here with us tonight folks sorry about missing last week's program but i had to go to south carolina to visit uh or not to visit but to do my grandmother's funeral uh she had passed away a few weeks ago and um i mean excuse me a few months ago and i had to go down there and do that it was kind of a shotgun trip uh, but i saw a lot of family it was a good time and uh, i'd been sick for a little bit but praise god i've gotten better and please uh keep a good friend of mine she's about 82 or 3 years old her name's jane she got really sick but you know what she's standing on the word of god and believing and she's getting better and just keep her in prayer folks we are living in some serious times we're living in in dangerous times and listen as as a show remnant call we've mentioned it before this episode will be posted also on rumble we are migrating slowly towards rumble i want everybody to please go over there find us on rumble we need you to subscribe to the channel or rumble that whatever it is i don't understand it all yet uh but that way we can get X amount of uh, subscribers. We That means we'll get a dedicated link. I can start linking to it over there. And we're going to be having programs that are going to be specifically only on Rumble. And that's because we want to say things that we do not want filtered. We do not want to be taken down and censored because of this platform that is against the freedom of speech and against the things of God. We want to be able to say them freely. So please go over there. We must get off of this. We have little time left uh, and we need to make the best of it and speak somewhere that we can speak freely uh, and talk about the things that are going on. And folks, I want to mention something else um, because we're going to have Brother Benjamin on tonight. Listen, if you have not read the Search the Scriptures uh, series of books he's got, um, you've got to check them out. Listen, I know people get on. I can't believe you're trying to advertise a book. Listen, I don't ask for any money on the remnant call. Never have, never will. Now, are there people that have donated? Yes, and we greatly appreciate it. And my wife tries to write them a hand uh, letter, but we don't ask for it. We, we're not, we're not, I don't even, she gets upset sometimes, my wife, because I don't even say thank you because I don't even like saying thank you on the air because I don't want to try to think that I'm somehow subconsciously trying to get people to donate. I don't, I'm not asking that. We, we, the Lord is sustains and, and we appreciate uh, those who do, but we're not asking. But when I talk about a good book and brother Benjamin, you know, we'll see, let him talk about what, you know, kind of money he makes, which by the time you put in what he self publishes and do all this, it does. I don't even think he breaks even. I think he's actually lost a ton, but he gets it out there just so you can, experience these wonderful uh, books that have been just such a blessing folks it's about the word of god and all benjamin's books do is just point you back in to the word of god and and yes you don't need anything but the word of god but god gifts people and gives them blessings to help explain things at times and ultimately if they're explaining something they should be pointing you back to the lord and that's what benjamin's books do listen i'm telling just get out of the darkness Get the first book he's got. Read one chapter. I'm telling you right now, when you read this, sit down, put your seatbelt on, because it's like pulling both 
triggers on a double barrel shotgun at one time. And we it's going to just blow your mind uh, with how intense this book is or these books are. And you're going to be blessed, folks, because this is some powerful stuff. And I just want to share it with you to bless you. Not to make money because I just it's so frustrating to me how many people get upset because I talk about a book or something once in a blue moon. Well, you know, what? I don't really care because if it's going to bless you, I want to share it with you. Well, with that, listen, folks, we're going to bring on Brother Benjamin tonight to share. He's got some things on his heart. Um, you know, Ezekiel 17, some things like that you've been asking for. So um, bring Brother Benjamin on. And Benjamin, I'm going to ask you, brother, if you could just open with a word of prayer. Men not always to pray and not to faint. Hallelujah. Father God, hear our voice. We come in agreement in Jesus' name. We come in agreement that Jesus is Lord. We come in agreement that there's one name above every name whereby we may be saved. We come in agreement lifting up the name of the only Son of God, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah of Israel, the king of the universe. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up this program tonight, and we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, a word of truth, a living rima word would come forth for the edification, the blessing, the healing, and the deliverance of your people. In the power of Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother, can you still hear me? I switched over microphones. Yeah, you're way better. I was okay. Feedback I, well, I, d- I didn't realize that. Hey, praise God. We're on the uh, Zoom switched me over. So, hey, no big deal. We're back in there. Brother, thank you so much. Um, Benjamin, I know it's only been a little while since we did a remnant call show together, but uh, to say things have changed would be a complete understatement in this world. Yeah. And they're changing by the hour at this point. We're moving quickly to the conclusion. And, uh, but I want to I comment on your um, advertisement for the Search the Scripture series to the listeners. Folks, all the Christian content is going to be deleted from every um, storage, every venue, every platform. It's going to all be gone, okay? And... It, Where we are going is going to be the test of a lifetime. We are going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We are going to walk through the valley of Hanan. And it's going to become the valley of Gehenna before we finish our journey. But the Lord is not leaving us alone. He's going to walk with us. And he's also given us his word. And he's given us encouragement and insight and wisdom the scripture declares in the book of daniel that at the time of the end men of wisdom would come men of insight would come men who have the mashal who can understand the riddles of god and the riddles of the holy scripture and would give insight to the many to a great number of people these are those who you want to listen to And this wisdom is based on the revelation of scripture itself, not on the dreams and visions of men, but on the revelation of the word of God. You want to get a copy of Out of the Darkness and the rest of these Search the Scriptures books. So you have them in handwritten, you know, in paperback form because they won't be available much longer and they'll be gone. They'll be 
they'll be delisted, they'll be taken offline. And if you have never read the Search the Scriptures series, uh, if you've missed one of the most uh, great blessings of this hour, uh, those books changed my life. Every time I read them, um, it's quite apparent to me that I did not write them. I merely typed them. So, you know, I would encourage you and, um, you know, Frank, yeah, for the, you know, for full disclosure, I think the royalty is about $4. Um, and, you know, I probably earn uh, approximately $2 an hour um, if I don't count any of the money that I spent buying radio time and advertising and, and trying to reach out and, and bless the people. Um, over the years I've been preaching, if I count all the money I spent on radio and TV, uh, I've lost a small fortune in the process, but I've, I'm sure I've also um, accomplished um, a good thing for the kingdom of God. So, you know, I'm not here to try to make $4 in the next hour. I'm here to try to bring a word of uh, revelation, a word of deliverance, a word of victory, a word of encouragement in a time when when our land is darkening, you know, we live in a weary land in which whatever light of hope might have existed in the public sphere of our nation, that hope is being extinguished. That light is being snuffed out. And the only light is going to be in the camp of the righteous. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be our God who has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Hallelujah. But if you haven't read those books... Um, you should read out of the darkness. It'll clear up so many issues. It'll clear up. It'll bring the light to so many areas of the, of the word of God that are confusing to so many in this time of such great deception. So praise God. Yeah. Let's talk about the news, Frank, where should we start? How about in the Ukraine and Russia and Washington, DC? How about the Senator that, made the statement that we should use our tactical nuclear weapons against Russian forces if Russia were to invade Ukraine. Now, that happened two days ago on Fox. Now, I was at one time in the U.S. military, and I was an intelligence analyst, and, and I was trained in our, our defensive strategies to, and, and the military strategies that would be employed to fight uh, the former Soviet Union, in the event we had to fight them in the Middle East or in Europe. And it was common knowledge, it was the common military doctrine that the United States was merely going to try to slow the Russians down. You know, our forward troops, uh, the men and the infantry and the tank divisions that we had in Germany and in, and in different locations um, that were going to confront Russian forces in the event of an invasion, they were not expected to survive. They, they, we expected to lose 100% of our forward forces. Their job was merely to slow down the Russian advance long enough that we could ready our tactical nuclear weapons, and that would be the only way we would stop the Russian army. And that's, I would assume that's still the, the military strategy. And the fact that some U.S. senator said so much on Fox News is well, unless you're trying to start the war, I don't know why you would disclose um, your own strategies. And, I, and I'm sure this is no surprise to, to the enemies of America. I mean, this has been a state of policy for, for decades. But the next day, 
uh, President Putin put all of the Russian military rocket forces on uh, full launch alert. They basically went to the point of uh, readying all of the Russian missiles for a launch on the United States. And at the same time, they mobilized several divisions, uh, an entire tank army, and moved a ton of equipment and men towards the western borders with Ukraine and the Baltic states. Now, those men being mobilized, Russia has been engaging in a series of mobilizations over the last several months in which men and equipment are mobilized. They are moved forward to Ukraine, to areas, you know, staging areas uh, just outside the border with Ukraine and and with uh, the other neighboring states in that area. And then those troops go home by train, by bus, and they go back to their day jobs. These are reserves that are being called up and, and they're being deployed with their equipment. And then the soldiers themselves go back home to their families, to their wives, and they go back to their day job. But they leave the tanks and all the military equipment near the border of Ukraine. Um, my sources estimate as many as 400,000 troops have been mobilized, have deployed with their equipment, and have been basically recirculated back into uh, civilian society. So numbers that say there's 90,000 troops on the border with Ukraine are misstating. Uh, there's close to 400,000 that could be ready within 24 hours. You know, that being said, uh, sources from, well, I don't want to name the name, but uh, someone in the West who's very much an expert of China, an expert on the situation in China, both economically and militarily, said that the Chinese economy is nearing collapse and that China would need to go to war with no later than the second quarter of 2022. Um, other sources are indicating that Russia would be invading Ukraine as soon as January of 2022, which is a little less than a month from now. The controlling factor for the window of time for invasion of the Ukraine is, is the weather. And the reason is the condition of the ground. When the ground is frozen, the heavy tanks can move across open fields. When the ground thaws out and the spring rains come, the tanks bog down in the mud. And, and so an invasion of Ukraine would have to take place towards the end of February, uh, possibly into the first part of March, uh, depending on weather conditions and how quickly the, the warming weathers of spring arrive. Um, once spring shows up and the frozen ground thaws, the invasion would have to wait till the ground dries out again in summer. So we're, we're looking at a Russian invasion probably in the next three months, or, or perhaps it would wait longer to, to the summer months. Um, a lot of people are beginning to figure out this war is likely to start this next year. You know, we're, we're not talking about years into the future. And, you know, if you think about it, I had discerned that the, the prophecies regarding the 70-year reign of Babylon, ancient Babylon, were repeating and that's because end time Babylon is sort of a duplicate copy of the, the empire of ancient Babylon, um, an empire whose emblem was um, a lion with eagle's wings. And, and here at the end of the age, another lion kingdom uh, came to power uh, very much in the place of the king of Babylon, because this lion kingdom is the king of, of end time Babylon. And it's, its royal family are the chief 
uh, wizards of the Chaldean dynasty, and they which ruled the land of Babylon. And so they, through their dark arts and through their pharmacon and their pharmacology, they've acquired control, political and economic control of of end time Babylon, which is the United States. And, and so we've we've had literally a replay, a duplicate. Babylon has emerged and. The prophecies of Jeremiah 25, 12 indicate the end time Babylon described as the land of the Chaldeans would also be judged after 70 years. Well, the 70th year began in March of 2020, March 20, 20th to be precise. And, and on the third day of the Chaldean calendar, they locked down the world. The 70th year ended in March of 21. Well, at this point and scant nine months ago and, and look what's about to be born into the world. My little red pony is about to show up and the world is about to change forever. And, you know, all of the promises of, if you do this, if you do that, you know, everybody can go back to normal, you know, just two weeks to, to fool you again. And uh, of course, we're never going back. We've entered into the judgment sequence. Uh, the pandemic goes before, a pestilence goes before his face. And what comes next is war in America is Mystery Babylon of end times. And her judgment is about to begin. Is that a, did, did I capture enough detail, Frank, or is there any other stories you might want to talk about? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, okay, so here we got Russia, and then on top of that, China uh, potentially invading uh, Taiwan, which would be just the total worst two things that could happen around each other uh, or either one happen together. So there is such an intensity right now between the Russia and the China thing, because first of all, we're looked at now as an absolute joke in the world. And we put no fear into our enemies anymore. And so what would be a greater thing that Russia invade Ukraine? We try to step up and then, you know, China take a uh, invade Uh, Taiwan. I mean, we are looking at the perfect storm uh, in in a coming very soon uh, to a to a play to your television, which will then ultimately come to your homeland, uh, according to Revelation chapter 18. Yep. Yep. And Jeremiah 51. Well, in in the the war of Ezekiel 38 is pre-tribulational and by that i mean it occurs before the final seven years because the israelis burn the weapons for seven years following the war so the war takes place prior to that last period and this war is the prophetic picture of daniel 7 where the the lion that came forth the first beast that daniel saw the lion with eagle's wings which is in this position of the head of gold of Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the great statue, which were the four kingdoms that precede the first coming, that's Daniel chapter two, there um, a duplicate version is recreated at the end of the age with the four beasts of Daniel's vision in chapter seven and, and the lion with the eagle's wings. That's the picture of Mystery Babylon. And isn't it interesting that that very image has just been placed in a viewing square at the United Nations for the beast that protects global peace. 
and you've got a jet. It was donated by the government of Mexico and the, the lion is a jaguar, but it's got the eagle's wings. And so there's your, your logo or your icon for Mystery Babylon now in place in front of the UN. And, and in Daniel 7, we're shown, Daniel says, and I continue to behold until the eagle's wings were plucked off the lion. And then the lion was lifted up above the earth caused to stand on its feet as a man and the heart of a man was given unto it a man becomes the beast kingdom or the beast becomes a man the beast possesses a man and the antichrist comes forward to create his one world government quickly following world war three but we're going to find in ezekiel 17 there is good news for the believers in america when the red pony comes that's why i call it my little red pony and um I'm looking forward to that pony because the scripture tells us in Revelation 17 that the angels in heaven will rejoice as will the saints on the earth because we are going to get delivered through this fire. So let's, shall we, Frank, let's um, take another pass, another yes. look at Ezekiel 17. And folks, just to be clear, while Benjamin's turning there, this has been emailed. People have been asking Benjamin has not released a full program yet on uh, Ezekiel chapter 17. So I came back to Benjamin and asked him to go a little deeper tonight. So folks, uh, your, your uh, requests have been heard. Um, so just letting you know that. Yeah. And we're, and we're not done. This is just another pass. And, you know, um, I appreciate those of you that are prayer intercessors, keeping Frank and I in your prayers. Well, we've got just, a whole lot of burdens that we carry in terms of our tent making responsibilities as well as all the other demands that are, that are, you know, really requiring our time, but I'm excited to do a much deeper dive into Ezekiel 17, but let's, let's take a read today and see what else we can glean from the scriptures, Shall we? Ezekiel 17 verse one. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, Put forth a riddle and speak a parable unto the house of Israel. And, and that word for parable is mashal. And, and it means a, a dark saying, um, something that is hidden. And, and say, thus saith the Lord God, a great eagle with great wings, long winged and full of feathers with diverse colors came unto Lebanon and took the highest branch of the cedar. And of course, Lebanon, their national flag has a cedar tree as the image of Lebanon. And, and the cedar represents the people as well as the nation. And this great eagle that came, we are later told in chapter 17, is the king of Babylon. It is Nebuchadnezzar. And this highest branch of the cedar is the royal family not, not of Lebanon. Lebanon is actually symbolic of Israel and Jerusalem because Nebuchadnezzar didn't just stop with the conquest of Lebanon. He took all of the Middle East. All of that known region was conquered almost quickly by the Babylonian and Chaldean armies. And so, you know, the commentators, Matthew Henry, makes the statement that, that Lebanon here and the branch of the cedar is really a picture of Jerusalem. And of Nebuchadnezzar coming and taking the, the highest branch of the cedar, 
which represents the king of Judah at that time, and the young twigs would have been the members of the royal family and the, the intellectual elite of Israel, which Nebuchadnezzar took to Babylon. He, he took Daniel and his friends. He took the, the people that represented the highest part of Israeli or, or the Judean society, and they were taken to the land of traffic. And he took from this highest branch, from the royal branch of the cedar tree, he, cro he cropped off the top of it young twigs and he carried them. You know, this would be Daniel and, and his excellent friends and other members of what would have been the royal court of the king of Israel. He, carried, he carried them into the land of traffic, that's the land of Babylon, and he set it in a city of merchants. And he also took of the seed of the land. Now, this is where the prophecy really requires some insight. The seed of which land? The seed of Lebanon or the seed of Israel or the seed of the land of the traffic where he carried the young twigs? You know, when we talk about Babylon in the scriptures, there are many, many instances where introduced to Babylon as the land of the Chaldeans. So here a second um, transplanting has occurred. He cropped off the, from the highest branch of the tree that represents the people of God or the kingdom of Israel. He crops off the elite and takes them to the land of Babylon. But now he's going to transplant some of the seed of the land of the Chaldeans. He's going to plant that as well. It's as if he's a gardener. You know, it's ironic, Frank, that we're doing this tonight because I spent pretty much most of the day today working on the transplanting of 200-year-old cactus trees in the state of Arizona, um, which is required when you do land development. Um, you can't, you know, you have to preserve these Sonoma cactuses. These are national treasures. These are protected trees in the state of Arizona. So I spent much of the day dealing with the cropping off of trees and all the complexities of moving these, these 200 year old cactus trees. Um, I didn't even they, know cactuses got 200 years old. Yeah, they do. And um, these are majestic. I mean, you know, these are the great cedars of Arizona, the great trees of Arizona um, in the high deserts are, are very carefully transplanted and protected. They don't want to lose even one of them. And so here, Nebuchadnezzar is, is also moving the seed of the Chaldeans. He's replanting the seed of the land of Chaldean, and he's planting it in a fruitful field. Now, if you're not following me, just hold your objections for a moment. I'm going to show you why this is the right interpretation. Because Nebuchadnezzar placed it by a great water and he set it as a willow tree and it grew this seed this small group of people who were the seed of the chaldeans that were the secret society that was in control of ancient babylon by the time it became a satanic superpower some of that seed was replanted and it grew and it became a spreading vine of low stature it wasn't noticed it was like the you know some of the weeds that grow that like there's a binding weed 
that just wraps itself around other plants and gradually just strangles the life out of them. But it never grows up very high on its own. It just creeps hidden in the grass. So here, this seed, which became a, a great spreading vine, yet it stayed low. It wanted to remain obscure. It didn't want to draw attention to itself. Even though it was gradually strangling the life out of the land areas where it was growing, it didn't want anybody to notice. This is the secret societies, if you will, that ultimately made their way into the new world that they called America. The branches turned towards him. Towards who? Who's the him? Is it the king of Babylon? Well, yes, absolutely. Is it Nebuchadnezzar? Is Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon today? No. Is Babylon still in the earth today? Oh, yes. Who's the king of Babylon today? Who is the ruler of the Chaldean kingdom? Well, we know from other parts of the scripture where the Lord speaks about the king, and then ultimately he addresses the dragon, who's the power behind these kingdoms, right? The seven heads, seven kings, and, and, and the eighth is of the seven. The eighth king is Satan. So here, this, these branches, the seed of the Chaldeans, turns toward Satan, and the roots thereof were under him, the roots of this deadly vine that is growing, that came out of the Chaldean land. Nebuchadnezzar took the elite, the royal elite of Israel to Babylon, but then he took some of the Chaldean seed and spread it into other lands, and it began to grow under the roots of Satan, and so it became a vine, and it brought forth branches, and it shot forth sprigs, and it continued to grow during the dark ages and it became, it, it acquired power in, in the banking industries and it acquired power in the royal families and it, and it existed in the shadows because it was a vine of low stature. People didn't realize there was a Chaldean dynasty that had its roots all the way to the mystery religion of ancient Babylon. They didn't know this had continued past the fall of Babylon, past the reign of Alexander, past the, the, the birth, the rise, and the fall of the Roman Empire, all the way through the Dark Ages into the medieval era, there were these Chaldean priests. And these were the, the worshipers of the dragon. These were the people that held the secret mysteries. And these are the ancestors of today's secret society members who've acquired control of another land that it once was free. And now the freedoms are being eclipsed, literally destroyed right before our eyes. And so this land shot forth its sprigs, this vine shot forth its sprigs. And then we're introduced to another great eagle. And with great wings and many feathers, hallelujah. And behold, this vine did bend her roots towards him. So this this satanic vine, this weed, if you will, that is growing in the fields, the bindweed. They, we have such a thing here in Idaho, and we call it the bindweed, but some people call it the devil weed because once this thing takes root, its roots go 20 feet sideways before it comes back up out of the ground. Much of its growth is hidden. You can't root it out because the roots go so far. You have to constantly fight it. 
Once it's infested, it's almost impossible to root out. It's the devil weed. So that, and, but it's low. It, it's literally, it almost hides itself in the grass and in the low shrubs until it's totally taken over. And only once it's fully infested an area can you tell that this thing's been overrun. The same things happen in the United States. These secret societies, you, you didn't know when you were younger, 10, 20, 30 years ago, most of you didn't know the country had been conquered. You didn't know you were being lied to, handed a cup of blue or red Kool-Aid. Most of you were not aware how far the rabbit hole had already run and how deep the travesty had become because it was hidden. It disguised itself behind the leaves and the branches until it was ready to kill the host. And then it became obvious this was one huge satanic organism. So here we are. It's bending its branches. It did bend her roots towards him. The satanic roots of this devil weed were now bending. They're crooked. They're corrupt. But they're now moving towards the new eagle at the end of the age. And the amazing thing, Frank, that word for bend in the Hebrew, um, let me just grab the exact pronunciation. It's kafan, and it's very close to the word kafel, which means a duplicate, a double. And so this great eagle at the end of the age is a double. It's a duplicate of the great eagle of Nebuchadnezzar's time. Mr. Babylon reappearing at the end of the age. And the roots bent, are being bent towards him, towards the eagle, and shot forth her branches towards him that he might water it by the furrows of her plantations. And so this devil weed grew in what was good ground. And with the freedom and with the abundance and the prosperity of that ground, this devil weed was able to grow quickly and acquire much power. But nobody noticed the light was being extinguished in what was once called the land of the free. Even as the devil weed, the bind weed grows, and at first you can't see it until it literally is ready to completely kill the garden. And it was planted in a good soil by great waters. And this was a good land by many waters that it might bring forth branches and it might bear fruit and that it might be majestic, powerful. And so, you know, Satan sent the secret societies. He sent the devil weed to this land that it might become powerful and great once again. And so here we are. Look at verse nine. I mean, ben, Benjamin, before you go farther, the land, I just got to say, this is folks, this is the verse that, I mean, just, this is the place the Bible talks about of the, the great, the land of the great waters. I mean, yep, U.S. Exactly. is just jumping out right here. I so know. blatantly in verse eight, it's ridiculous. Uh, and, but, uh, and this vine, Frank, is the secret societies. It's the seed of the land of the Chaldeans. Yeah, they were sent here by the devil. Wait till you see what's going to happen to them next. They're done, my friends. God's taken this back. Look at verse 9. Say thou, thus saith the Lord God, shall it prosper? Shall this Chaldean dynasty continue to rule the land that the Lord created? A land that was founded on a covenant with the God of heaven? A land whose constitution was based on the Bible, the unerable word of God? Shall the Satanists continue to rule over a nation that the Lord has said, at the time of the end, I will yet again use the United States of America. Will they continually be dominated by this devil weed? No, they shall not. 
Thus saith the Lord God, shall the satanic power continue to prosper? Shall he, the Lord, not pull it up by the roots thereof and cut off the fruit thereof, that it will wither the satanic powers over this land, the three kings that rule from this geographic region with the Antichrist. They're going to be cut up, cut off, and thrown down to hell for eternity. And this satanic weed will wither in all the leaves of spring. Oh, gee, what, what season is coming after winter is done? Spring. Even without great power or many people to pluck it up by the roots. We don't have the power to oppose this satanic dynasty. We don't even have a number of people awake to how dire the hour is here in America. But the Lord says, this wicked devil weed that has infested our country, infested the halls of power, conquered our media, turned our institutions into, I don't even want to use the words, we're not on the right channel. Um, it will be plucked up. It will wither. And that word, we just jump over to wither. That's in, in verse 9. Bear with me for a moment here, friends. Um, let's see here. And it will wither. And that word means to completely be dried up. It's yabesh. It means to be totally withered, become completely dry, to, to literally wither and die. This satanic infestation of our land is going to be destroyed when the eagle's wings are plucked off the lion all of the roots from the satanic kingdom from the chaldean kingdom will be severed cauterized burned in the fire and what will come out of the 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 fires of world war three will be eagle's wings that have been cleansed and now will be given to the woman who's going to be fleeing to the wilderness. So America will once again be used by the Lord at the time of the end. Our country's going to get redeemed. You know, not in the way that the, that the crazy false conspiracy theories would, would have you that, you know, will somehow make Babylon great again. No, the Lord's going to purge this with fire, but he's going to set us free. He's going to destroy the secret society. The satanic government is coming down. It's going to be destroyed in the season of spring, even without great power or with many, without many people to pluck it up by the roots thereof. Yes, behold, being planted, shall it prosper? Will it thrive? Shall it not utterly wither when the east wind touches it? It shall wither in the furrows where it grew. And so that east wind is the satanic powers. The satanic powers, the 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 demonic hordes of hell are going to destroy this vine in the land of the free. And, you know, why would they do that? By the command of the Lord. They view the people that serve them as containers anyway. When they have exhausted their useful purpose, they're destroyed by the devils that they served. So on to verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, say now to the rebellious house, now, the Lord is talking to Israel at the time of the prophecy of Ezekiel, and he's talking to you and me in this hour. Say unto the rebellious Christians in America, 
and, and, and how do I know we're rebellious? Well, because the prophecy repeats and part of it is speaking to our generation. Um, and because we're a nation of people that do not obey the Lord. Well, how do I know that? Well, because the, the Lord commands us to fast and pray and we do not fast. Most Christians never fast and pray. Well, how do we justify that? Oh, a thousand different ways, I guess. None of them valid. The Lord commands us to touch not the unclean thing. And most of us think we can touch it and get away with it. We can't. You can't. I can't. You won't. I didn't. None of us do. But yet we, we all had to touch the stove to find out that it really did burn. And yet still, people are not praying. Most Christians don't even pray anymore. We're commanded to pray, pray without ceasing, the Lord said. Now, that's a metaphor. You, yeah, obviously, we can't pray 24 hours a day. We, we have other things to attend to, but it's a mindset of, of, of devote yourself to prayer. But our, do we even find time to pray every day? You know, we get up and the, the duties of the day consume our attention. And we, we, we forget to even set aside time to pray. We, we don't set an alarm and get up early to pray. We don't designate a time or a day of the week to fast and pray. We don't do any of these things. And so we are a rebellious house. And that's why what is about to happen is going to happen. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, just wait. You're about to find out. Um, so here's what the Lord said. Know ye not what these things mean? You know, the people couldn't even interpret this scripture. They couldn't interpret the parable. Behold, the king of Babylon is come to Jerusalem. He's taken the king and the princes thereof. Okay, so you can see Lebanon was Jerusalem. I wasn't making it up. And the upper branch that he took is the royal family, the king and the princes. And he took them all to Babylon and Daniel with them. And he's taken of the king's seed and made a covenant with him. Wasn't that interesting? They've entered into a covenant and taken an oath. And he's taken the mighty of the land that the kingdom might be based. And so the kingdom was, was humiliated and that it might not lift itself up. And they made another covenant with another seed, which is the Chaldean dynasties. But Israel rebelled, sending ambassadors to Egypt that they might, you know, provide help, and yet they didn't provide any help at all. And shall he break the covenant and be delivered? And so ultimately, I think it was, um, Frank, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the king that broke the covenant with Nebuchadnezzar. Was it Zedekiah? Is that right? Anyway. Sorry, sorry. Go, say that again, Benjamin, the last I'm, part. I, yeah, I'm just saying I'm, I'm not remembering the name of the king who actually had made, who was installed by the king of Babylon and decided to try to revolt and um, ultimately. Oh, yeah, he got carried off into Babylon. Um, his name was Zedekiah, I think. Anyway, he, uh, he, he, he paid a pretty high price. Skipping ahead to verse 17, neither shall Pharaoh with his mighty army or great company make for him in the war by casting up mounts. There's no help from the world, seeing he despised the oath. And look at verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, as I live, surely my oath that he despised 
and my covenant that he broke, even it will I recompense on his own head. So not only did the king of, of Judah and, and the king of Israel break the covenant that they'd made with the king of Babylon, but they'd already broken a covenant with the Lord. And so they were judged in verse 20. And, and you know, the, let me back up. The same thing has happened here in America. America broke the covenant that we made with the Lord 400 years ago, you know, in the true history of the founding of our nation, the pilgrims that came ashore in Mayflower, they made a covenant to honor the God of the Bible, to honor and observe the word of God and to honor and respect and be loyal to each other with brotherly love. And to build a new Jerusalem. You know, 400 years later, and 40 is the number of testing, and 10 is the number of completion. And now 400 years have transpired. And this nation and this people, its generations, one after another, have been tested by the Lord to see if they will honor the covenant of heaven. And, and the people. They began to fail fairly quickly. And they failed and they failed. And, and today, our nation despises the word of God. The thought that America owes allegiance to the God of heaven is, is considered a form of white supremacy or racism. We despised the oath that we made with the Lord, the oath our forefathers, our ancestors made with the Lord. And as a result, we are now facing the judgment. And, and in verse 20, the Lord says, I'll spread my net upon him and he shall be taken in my snare. And isn't Frank, isn't that also a reference to Jeremiah 50? You were taken and you're unaware. We've been captured and we're unaware. The people don't even know the country's gone. It's mm. been completely deceived and now he's you know in, in the time of ancient israel oh go ahead frank no no it's 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 the uh the, you know it's it's basically this is what he told us in revelation uh was going to happen in the last church age anyways i mean this is the you know we were blind poor and naked and we didn't even realize it you know and we thought we were rich and loaded uh you know and the truth was we had nothing and we were ignorant of it Go ahead. Well, Sorry. and the people—the people are oblivious. Yeah, they're oblivious completely. To, um, I can't. It's remember the Laodicean exactly. Church age uh, in the world. We don't even get it. We don't even see that it's happening. No, we're completely blinded to it. Exactly. And so, God's going to bring us under the rule of the King of Babylon, and there He will plead with His with His people for the trespasses that we trespassed against Him. That's the persecution that's coming. We're seeing just the beginning of it. And all his fugitives, the fugitives with all his bands shall fall by the sword. You know, that's the people that escaped. They will fall by the sword and they that remain shall be scattered to the wind. And you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it. And the remnant that survives, we're going to be leaving. This will be fulfilled a second time. The remnant that remains shall be scattered towards the wind. No one will dwell here anymore, it says in Jeremiah 50, 51. And then what I find very interesting is, you know, after he removes the remnant, 
And you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord goes on and, and he speaks of an action that he's going to do. That is the exact, it's similar to the very thing that Nebuchadnezzar did in ancient Babylon, where he took of the royal family of the house of Judah, the royal family of the house of Israel, and took them to Babylon. Now in verse 22, the Lord is talking about at the end of the age, thus saith the Lord God, I will also take of the highest branch of the high cedar. So he's going to take part of the, those that are, that are ordained to overcome and to sit on the throne with Jesus, who were part of the royal family of the kingdom of God. I will take up the highest branch of the tree of life, and I will set it. I'll crop off from the top of his young twigs a tender one. So within the land of Babylon, God's going to take part of the, a remnant who are or ordained and appointed to overcome, who will become, who will wear robes of royalty in the kingdom. You know, and the angels have said they bear kingly and priestly robes. They're of the royal bloodline, having been born again totally in the image of Jesus. They share his royal authority and they will one day share his throne. And you know, that's simply incredible. The throne of David. Jesus says they will sit on a throne with me. And here the Lord says, I'm going to take out of this group and I will crop off from the top of these young twigs, a tender one. And I will replant it. I'm going to transplant it upon a high mountain and eminent. And let's jump over to that eminent word, because that's a key to understanding this prophecy. And it's kind of a fun one. Um, and it literally means um, it's similar to an ensign or that which is elevated. I'm going to put it on a very high mountain, something that's very visible. And in the mountain, of the heights of Israel will I plant it. So here, Nebuchadnezzar cropped off a tree from Jerusalem, and he cropped off a branch from the royal family of the king of Judah in the natural, and at the end of the age, in the time of the fall of the second Babylon, when the Lord withers the satanic powers, and he sends judgment into this land, judgment on his people, and judgment upon the Chaldeans as well, he's also going to crop off from these tender twigs. And he's also going to do a transplant upon the high mountains in the mountains of Israel. So he's, the Lord's going to take from end time Babylon and do a transplant into the mountains of Israel. So there are people here today who are listening to me. Your feet will yet again stand in the city of Jerusalem. The Lord is going to transplant you. Some of you, he may transport you as well. <laughs> Because he says, I will pluck them off. I will plant them. God may be the one literally doing the transplanting. You know, those cactuses, they don't move themselves in Arizona. Someone else moves them. Could it actually be that when the Lord says, I will take of them and I will plant it in the high mountain, might God actually move the people too? Nebuchadnezzar moved them physically. They were moved in chains. These people will be moved with royal robes on their backs and a crown of glory on their foreheads and their faces will shine like the God of heaven that they serve. And in the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it and it shall bring forth bows and bear fruit. And it will be a very goodly cedar. And under this tree shall dwell all fowls of every wing and in the shadow of the branches, they shall dwell. Now, Frank, that's a metaphor to the demonic powers, right? 
which dwelt in Babylon at one time. Amen. But, yes. but it, it, it also signifies this, this, these twigs, these that God has cropped off and replanted that now grows into this very huge cedar. It will have dominion. It will have power over all of the satanic powers of the earth. How is that possible? Because it has the authority of the royal line of the tribe of Judah. These saints wear the signet ring of the most high God. They carry the staff of the almighty in their hand. And the devils tremble at the sound of their names. These are the ones that are going to rule and reign on the earth. This honor have all of the saints, right? I mean, it's talking about them in, in Psalm 149, where, you know, this is all over the scriptures. And yet we see almost none of it where it says, you know, let the, let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let them praise his name. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people and to bind the kings of the earth with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. And, you know, behind the kings of the earth are the satanic powers, the principalities and the powers and the ruling spirit beings that rule the earth through the powers of darkness. They're going to be bound by the authority that was given unto the righteous that get replanted into the mountain heights of Israel. And so they will have dominion over all the forces of darkness and all the trees of the field, all of the people. Scripture references people as trees. All of the people of the earth will know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree. Oh, great Babylon, I sit as a queen among nations. I will never know the loss of children. And I will never know widowhood. And in one hour shall these things come unto you. I, the Lord, will bring down the high tree. And I will bring down the high look. And I will exalt the low tree. I have dried up the green tree. Behold, it withers right before your eyes. And I will make the dry tree to flourish. And out of the, va the valley of dry bones, an army will come to life. The Lord will bring forth those that have been appointed to carry the staff of his authority, the signet ring of his power. And they will rule the earth during the day of the Lord in the authority of the king. I think, is it in Jeremiah, is it 32 where, where it says, a king will look down in righteousness and his princes shall rule in the judgment, Frank? Is that 32? Or am, am I missing? Right now. Oh no, that's Isaiah. I'm sorry. I used to be pretty good at memorizing these scriptures, but um, yes, Isaiah 32. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. This is the day of the Lord that is coming. Behold, it is nigh at hand. Behold, it is upon you even now. We enter into the final season of winter, and then everything written shall begin to be fulfilled. And in the day that is ahead, the king shall reign in righteousness, and his princes, the royal ones, the ones who have been appointed, to the position of authority in his kingdom because they've overcome the flesh. They've overcome the devil. They've overcome the world by the word of their testimony and by the power of the blood of the lamb and by the fact that they obeyed the command of the king to pray without ceasing, to fast and pray, to search their hearts, to humble themselves, to confess their sins one to another 
to wash each other's feet, to prepare their hearts for the visitation of the king. And he will pass over the, the dwelling places of the proud. He won't be going to very many ocean view residences. He will go to the humble habitations of the poor who cry out for deliverance. The Lord will be visiting the houses where the blood of the lamb is on the door. He'll visit the mangers where the poor children are born, turning away from the palaces of the rich. And a king will reign in righteousness and his princes will rule the earth in the judgment. You know, Satan's version of the last days is that Satan rules the day of the Lord through the Antichrist. And, and the Lord, um, you know, all the Christians have to disappear. Um, and, and so God pulls his team off the field and Satan rules the last seven years until Jesus comes and, and then and ultimately Jesus has the victory. Nothing could be further from the truth. The day of the Lord is the day of the Lord's rule over the earth. He's taken back the dominion from men. And now the dominion shall be in the hand of Jesus. And he gives it unto those who serve him with a pure heart. Even as Joseph was given dominion in Egypt. Hallelujah. Isaiah 32 verse 2. And a man shall be a hiding place from the wind. And a covering from the storm. As rivers of water in a dry place. And the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And these anointed ones who will be given the scepter of the authority of God, who will bear the signet ring of the king of kings, they will provide a hiding place from the wind. And the remnant will take hold of the garment of one of them. And they will say, just let us go with you. We can tell the Lord is with you. And so they will shepherd. 144,000 of them are coming and they will shepherd the remnant of God safely into the wilderness that has been prepared for us. And so we need not fear what is coming. Brothers and sisters, what is coming is the destruction of the Chaldean deep state. What is coming is, is the, the burning fire that will cleanse this land. And then the righteous and the redeemed of the Lord shall Go forth unto Zion with joy and gladness upon their heads. You don't need to fear the little red pony. My little red pony is coming to make a way for the deliverance and the salvation of the remnant of God. And the ones who come with the anointing of the Lord without measure, there'll be a covering. Their, their prayers and the presence of God that will be upon them will be a covering from the tempest that the storm will not be able to touch the righteous. And, and in the lives of these messengers of the Most High, rivers of living water will pour out in dry places. And they will, in the time when the sun heats up and it will be smiting the earth, and men will be, will be perishing even from the heat. These anointed ones will provide a, a shadow and a, and, a, and a cooling and a covering as the shadow of a great rock because they will actually come with the authority, the presence, and the power of Almighty God, the cornerstone of the living temple. And in that time, it'll be a very weary land. Listen, brothers and sisters, this thing's about to begin. How many months do we have? Three, four, six. How many years do we have? 
right? The 70th year has passed. The judgment has begun. We can't talk candidly about that in all of its details, but trust me, the war is on. Humanity is under attack. Scores of people are dying daily. This war has already killed. Do you know how many millions have already died in this war? More Americans have died in World War III as of today than in all of the wars that have ever been fought by this country. We've already had more casualties. But nobody's counting, are they? No, of course not. Everybody's counting on the beast to save them. They're counting on the liars to deliver them. They're placing their confidence in the arm of the flesh to provide their salvation. But let them, unto them, let it be as they've chosen. Let the wicked remain wicked, and let the righteous be cleansed and remain righteous still. For the king is coming in his people. He's coming to be revealed in a remnant of his people before he comes in the clouds of heaven. Let us be the people who prepare our hearts in this time. Turn off the entertainment of Babylon. Turn off the, the news that you should lose. And, and turn off, turn away, push away. Push your chair away from the table of gluttony and begin fasting and praying. I've got, I've got one good friend. I'm, I really love this brother. He's brilliant. Um, he's got a great heart. But he, can, he has not fasted a day. You know, and, and I really, I mean, I tried to remind him, you know, for a season of time, I was saying, brother, you know, it's pretty clear if you're going to be a disciple. You know, the scripture says, Jesus said, all of my disciples will fast and pray when I'm taken from the earth. Okay, so it's real, it's real simple. Are you a disciple? Yes or no? Well, if you are, you'll, you'll satisfy the criteria. Listen, the spiritual warfare, the witchcraft, the psychotronic warfare, the all of the different weaponized warfare that is being focused on us. We are the enemy. The slave population is, is not a threat to the beast. It's the Christians and the people who still have freedom of thought and freedom of will. They are the threat to the Antichrist system. All of the arsenal of the enemy is focused on us, and we better get our head out of the sand and realize we are not on safe ground. And these are not safe days. And we better take heed as to how we hear and what we do about it, because we better start fasting and praying. We better start devoting ourselves to prayer, which is exactly what the Lord said to me. I heard him. He said, devote yourself to prayer. What does it mean to be devoted? You know, Frank, what do you think? What's the definition of devoted? Devotion. Yeah, absolutely. Anything is, I guess the, the thing would be you're devoted to your family, meaning you would do anything for them, anything to be with them anything to be around them. Uh, it's the same thing with the Lord. Devoted means that you have given up that which is yours and you've put it onto something else and you're devoted to, to the Lord. Good. To give over or to direct, to give all or a major part of your time, your resources to a person, an activity or a cause to decide that, that you will basically make something the number one priority in your life. Do we give the Lord the major part of our time? Do we give the purposes of the kingdom of God 
major part of our resources? Do we devote our heart, our attention, our focus, our time to our family and to the family of God? Or are we still asleep in Babylon, watching the television, letting the alpha wave digital syncopation program further brainwash our minds? If we have the television on, we are deceived. It's a dangerous device these days, my friends. The time has come. Judgment will dwell in the wilderness. The work of righteousness shall be peace. The effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. Blessed are they that are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Look, if you were ever going to show up as a soldier, if you were ever going to stand up as a father who would stand in the gap for his children or his grandchildren, if you were ever going to stand as a mother who cared for her babies and her grandbabies, if you were ever going to stand for the kingdom of God and for the cause of Jesus Christ, now is the time. You can't keep putting this off. There is no more tomorrow. This could happen within weeks. My guess, we see it unwind in the first quarter during the season of spring next year. I was talking with my good friend Jeff Nyquist just the other day and he basically said, this is ready to happen now. You know, there's, there's no reason to wait. And, and, you know, the time has come. So, Frank, I mean, we've been warning and we've been teaching and we've been preaching. And, you know, for, in my case, for 25 years, half of a jubilee. This is my 50th year as a believer for the last 25, for the second half of my walk as a believer. I spent the entire time typing books for the Lord, preaching and teaching. And um, I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen next. Because when the red pony shows up, the angels of heaven and the saints on the earth will rejoice. So that's why I call it my little red pony. And um, Get ready for the ride of your life. Hallelujah. Well, I hope, that, I hope that helped gain some greater insight into Ezekiel 17. Isn't it amazing how much end time prophecy is hidden in these verses? Amen. Amen. There, there's a lot to chew on, brother. You're going through this, and I'm just looking, having a Bible study with you. And uh, there's, I don't think you even touched the surface on the depth of what's in that chapter. Uh, just because there is so much there, folks. This is just an encouragement to start studying deeper and learning more about the scriptures. Um, these, this book is alive. Uh, this, is, this is not a dead book. You are reading a living book. You're reading literally Jesus. He is the word of God, and you're reading him. And that chapter 17, uh, brother, is mind-blowing. And I can see the United States of America uh, huge right there. Uh, and it lines up just with all the other things in, uh, you know, is Isaiah uh, and, and Jeremiah, and it's all contained right in here. Just there's different ways that Ezekiel is bringing this forward. 
And right. um, so thank you, brother, for sharing that with us. Um, Benjamin, just an update. Um, have you released anything recently here on your on your channel? No, no, I've um, I've just been getting crushed with work responsibilities and uh, it's it's been pretty rough. Uh, you mean you can't just sit around all day? You can't just sit around all day and, and don't do anything? I'm just kidding. That's the United States normal citizens. Um, yes, folks, we do work for a living, uh, Benjamin and I, and serve the Lord and try to put on programs. And so it's a, it's a busy world, brother. Thank you for taking time out to spend with us folks. There's more to come. Listen, we're going to have an announcement here soon coming up. We're going to have, as Benjamin was saying, um, we just have to monitor what we say now on, uh, this particular platform, but we are going to have rumble specific, uh, programs, that are over there. So if you just go over to rumble.com, search for channel, look up remnant call radio, somebody took remnant call. I don't know who it was. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I don't think they haven't had anything on there, but look up remnant call radio subscribe, because I think I have to get to a certain amount of subscribers before I can get a link, a direct link again, uh, like I have for YouTube and everything. So please do that. Help us out. Let's get off this platform and get on to something that is uncensored and unfiltered uh, while we still can. And so, brother, thank you so much again for coming on, folks. Check us out on Rumble. Get on there and keep the remnant call. Keep Brother Benjamin. Keep myself in prayer. This thing is going to get worse. But the Lord promised to save the best wine for last. Folks, we haven't seen anything yet. God's people will shine their brightest in this earth's darkest hour. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sound.